Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back from Thanksgiving. I hope you had a wonderful vacation, break, whatever family gathering, despite this dark cloud of corona hanging over the whole world, all of human activity right now. Yes, but welcome back. It is good to be back with Adam versus the Man to talk to all of your beautiful faces on the internet. We've got a great show lined up for today. We've got not one, but two contests. Two. That's right. Two contests in which you can win membership to the Adam vs. the Man Producers Club. And this is, of course, related to our welcome back from Thanks, Miss Thing. Now, why Thanks, Miss Wallace? That's what my family did. We have a we have a wonderful modern family, a scattered hodgepodge of divorces and reconnections and beautiful extended family connections from, oh, let's see, where do, so uh, my wife and I, we got to drive, and we we're, I don't, oh, did you notice? This is, we're not home yet. Yeah, I, I did. This is not a TV monitor. We are in Las Vegas for the final stop. Our little thanks, Miss Loop. We uh, well started this loop in Ashford at home, the Garden of Freedom, Gardenia, in Arizona, down to Ventura, to Seattle, to Williston, North Dakota. Yeah, to name the state there. Williston. No, nobody's heard of it. Uh, and then Cheyenne. I don't think we have to say Wyoming, but yeah, that's Cheyenne. Uh, the quick stop in Denver, and we got to drive through the mountains. Oh, it was so beautiful yesterday. Um, just amazing experience. Uh, but, uh, you know, thank you to uh, to my my dad and mom number three, stepmom number two, for hosting a wonderful Thanksgiving family gathering. Uh, my wife and I were thrilled to be a part of it. We had just and, – and I will say one of the fun things about my family is we're finally learning to drink around each other. <laughs> That was the, that was that was a new part of, of, of Thanksgiving and Christmas and, and family gatherings. From my experience, definitely uh, the most alcohol consumed in a single family gathering like that in, in our family history. So that was certainly enjoyable. Um, I'm sure Sam and I are going to have other stories that we want to share over the next few days as we get to this. Oh, thank you, darling. And we are, uh, but today we do want to focus on the news. So. Uh, we, we have two contests, and, and uh, as I said, you can win membership in the Anniversary of the Man Producers Club, which is so much fun. Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled that, that CJ uh, really has helped put this together and get us uh, – this, this is like the editorial team. I mean, what are we – okay, so today, like, we had a great guest uh, coming on to talk about um, how, to, how to work the system, how to play the game. In, in a better way. So for today, I'm really excited. Michael Pumhoff is coming on, and he's he's someone who's fought with the IRS and Freddie Mac used uses mortgage short sale doc. Uh, I mean, this it, we're gonna we're gonna, this is this is some like Dan Berman, you know, tinker with the system stuff. Like he and he's actually worked uh, with Dan Berman and our friend Nicholas Wildstar in California. So we'll be having him on. On uh, the hour, we're just about 53 minutes here. Uh, a little bit of a late start today, but it's worth it. Worth it. We had a great show. So, two things today. In, in, in winning membership in the Producers Club, because you can buy your way in. You go to AdamVersusTheMan.com and, and click on Patreon on the page somewhere. CJ's got a button. Or you can go to Patreon.com slash AdamVersusTheMan. And if you, I mean, you can give us whatever money you want, of course. We, we, this is not, 
This is not the mainstream media. This, our business model is not scare you into paying attention so that you'll buy our sponsor's shit and comply with the authorities. No, we're here to bring you the truth. We're here to bring you counter narrative, and, and it's it's tough. I mean, it is it is a, it is a fundamentally different mission, and we require the support of an active and engaged audience. I mean, if you're watching this, I know we haven't gotten into much like critically important news message stuff, but hey, if you appreciate the message of freedom. Of, of, of the man versus the man. <laughs> you like what we're doing here? You know, we we have support us be a part of this. It's, you know, I, I hope that uh, you appreciate the importance of this uh, because right now, I mean, especially right now, right now, like, have, have we ever been more attuned? I suppose outside of wartime, to the destructive influence of the mainstream media. Like right now, what's what's just going on? You know, I was talking about COVID, right? Uh, but, but COVID, the election, you know, all of this. You go, wow, the mainstream media is 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 a, is a toxic, corrupt business model that represents the the worst of human society, certainly American society. And in order for me to be able to do this for us, our core team, with our amazing producer CJ Abernathy, co-host, comment Jim Freed, who's going to be on screen in just a minute here. Uh, our debate manager, Mercedes Dammertowski, Nebraska, and of course Marcus Pulis, our guest poker in Indiana. You know, this is this is a labor of love. Uh, you know, the, the more I, you know, I, the more money we make with this, the better the show is going to be. So the most critical way is to support us on Patreon, anniversaryofman.com. Check that out. Uh, and the ten dollars a month—that's really where it's at. That's how you buy your way into the producers' club. But we got two contests. Two contests you can win your way in today with comments on the live video. So, again, share this. If you're watching live right now, please share it live. The more people who join us on, on, on these two contests, the more fun they're going to be. And it's not like we have a limited supply of free memberships in the Producers Club. Uh, people who show their value, who are active and engaged and win a contest, you know, we can – We sometimes we – sometimes, sometimes I'll say, no, all y'all's answers suck. <laughs> Nobody won the contest today. That's happened a few times in the, in the past month. But uh, we, have, we have some really good answers. Yeah, we give multiple memberships, believe it or not. So two contests. One, what was your most who, – who had the most civilly disobedient Thanksgiving? And uh, we, there's some there – right, subjective – you got to make me smile. I guess it's the best answer because I say so. It's my show. See, see my, name's, my name's on the logo right there, Anniversary Man. It means I decide who wins. So, no, but, but most civil, civilly disobedient, most disobedient done civilly, most disobedient, yes. Not most disobediently civil, most civilly, but it's not the most civilly. I'm not asking you to be as civil as possible. I'm asking you to be as disobedient as possible as long as it's civil. See what we did there? Anyway, words are fun. Uh, <laughs> I'm making my wife laugh. That's all that counts. Um, so uh, that's one contest. Put it in the comments. Let us know. Comments of freedom. And Mercedes are going to be watching your comments and show that so we can keep things moving fast. Second contest. Uh, what's the most important story uh, of the last – has it been a full week and a half since the last show, since we did our Friday show, which actually – Comment Jim Freedom got to do for me. I guess wow, since Thursday. Yeah, it's, it's been it's been almost two weeks. Oh, oh, it's a lot of time away from the news. Don't worry, I've been paying attention. I've been keeping up. It's just right now, holy crap! What do we? How, how do you how do you summarize the last 
two weeks of human events filtering out what's unnecessary. Well, I'm honored to have your time and attention and uh, and your support in doing this and bringing you this most important way of looking at the world. Before we get to that, a couple quick promos to get covered here. Of course, you can go to our store. That's another great way to support the production. Or, you know, I, I'll take a second there. i got to say, this is for, like I said, what I said about the, the, the mainstream media versus independent media. If you're wandering in for the first time, you go, man, I can't watch a guy who's losing his hair talk for two hours. Fuck that shit. Or your beard's stupid. I'm going to go, there's something I'm going to do. I'm going to go do, like, I'm the, what, Adam's sense of humor, too many dad jokes. Okay, cool. But whatever it is, support whatever you, wherever you see a message that you appreciate that you know is important in challenging that mainstream narrative, whether it's my show or anybody else's, be active and engaged. Of course, first and foremost, conscious consumer of information. But, yeah, awesome store at AdamVersusAman.com. CJ's put together some incredible merchandise stuff. Great deals, of course, Brewster's Club, special discounts, at least 15% off. Free shipping. Check it out, AdamVersusAman.com. Also, MakeThemDebate.com. You can check out my profile there. Fun way to make debates happen. The first one was awesome. I want to see more and more and more of these. So let us know. MakeThemDebate.com. You can reach out to uh, – you can send me an email for it to Mercedes or I don't know if we have a way to reach her directly. We'll get that on screen maybe. Anyway, MakeThemDebate.com. It's a lot of fun. Check it out. And then finally, our affiliate, another critical way to support the show, support my cigar habit, CigarFederation.com. Promo code ADAM10, ADAM10. Gets you 10% off. And then you can join us for Cigars and Sunsets on Friday afternoons here in, well, not here, not here in Las Vegas, at the Garden of Freedom. So, let's, let's see. Uh, it looks like now we are experiencing technical difficulties again. As StreamYard is just frozen in my Chrome. No big deal. I assume everybody can see you. I assume everybody can see me. Let's get comment Jim up here because we're actually going to get into the comments, see see our first contest entries here, and get into this first link. CJ, CJ's like, oh, we got these producers now to get this out of the way. In medical misinformation policy, and this is support.google.com slash YouTube slash answer blah, 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 blah. Um, so if it, let's let's get this up on screen here, uh, Jim, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. How's it going, brother? Oh, hold on. Are you coming in quiet? Static on your end, I think. There's static on my end now. Yeah. All right, I'm just gonna refresh Streamyard and see what happens. Give me a second here. All right. So while you while you're doing that. Uh, R-H-S-C-T-J said, I only cooked... Oh, he, he's reconnecting. So he's not even going to get to see this to laugh. Well, I'm going to read it for everybody else. I only cooked my turkey to 150 degrees. Yeah, I'm a rebel. <laughs> that is disgusting. Um, let's see. We got our good mornings. We'll get it out of the way. Don't be a statist. Good morning again, fellow statist. Weasel Dottery, happy December to you as well. Uh, X-Spice it says, hey, Adam, Adam is resetting his thing right now, obviously. Um, Jamie Collins is surprised the show's still going on, I guess. Uh, you're still doing this? LOL. Yeah, you didn't believe him when he said he was going to do it until the until we have a free state. Uh, let's see. You should get some editors to create cool music videos with some of your old speeches. That's kind of a cool idea. Somebody uh, 
has the time to take on that challenge. I'd like to see what they come up with. Adam has plenty of good content to choose from, so uh, have fun with that, whoever wishes to take that on. <coughs> Zachary Taylor. Okay, Let's, Adam's coming back on, so we'll save some of the other ones for that. Craig Darty. Morning, everyone. Morning, Craig. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Um, X-Bice talking about his music videos from the old speeches. He says it would go viral for sure. He would spread it. He or she. I mean, to assume genders there. Uh, we're still waiting on Adam, and we're all caught up on comments. So why don't we go ahead and uh, pull up some of those uh, YouTube examples that we were going to be talking about anyway. We'll get, get the conversation going. These are the new COVID-19 medical misinformation policy. This is from YouTube itself. And uh, they have just this whole page directly from them tells you all the stuff you can get banned for, basically, regarding specifically COVID-19. My, my personal thought on this, uh, just off the top of my head, it's interesting. I was thinking if anybody does just a regular flu video and they were st and somebody just went on and said, yeah, you can get rid of the flu just by, you know, praying or just by uh, drinking Kool-Aid mixed with orange juice, you know, or just some bullcrap lies, totally, completely lying about the flu. YouTube wouldn't care whatsoever. They wouldn't say any claims about medical misinformation. They wouldn't tell people you were lying about the flu and medical and blah, blah, blah. But for some reason with this in particular, it's the world is going to end if you try to tell anybody anything about it that we don't approve of. It's insane. Welcome back. Jim, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, hey, um, you know, people say crazy shit like that on YouTube all the time. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> YouTube's like people go on just to make shit up. Like that's what they go there to do a lot of times. They used to anyway. But regarding COVID, they're not allowed, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, I, and you'll, you'll, you probably, I don't, well, I know Jim's heard me rant about, you know, like I, the bigger effects of this on the, the, the potential of the internet and what this represents for the human conversation that, that we're, we're able to do, you know, the show being just one small little part of it that wouldn't be possible without the internet. And we face these challenges, but you think about the effect skewing the conversation entirely. There's a, a shift from think for yourself to, Oh, don't worry. We'll do all the thinking for you. And and right now, like I, I I don't think that's permanent, but people are going for it, and it is disturbing to watch. True story. Well, you you were disconnected when I read the first uh, and only answer we have so far. Real quick on the on the contest, uh, RHSCTJ said I only cooked my turkey <laughs> to 150 degrees. Yeah, I'm a rebel. <laughs> All right. Well, to, to be clear, um, I mean, is it? Is it civil dis uh, so my my standard for civil disobedience for this? I mean, the standard is pretty low, right? Like, did you stand within six feet of someone without a mask on? Because technically, that's civil disobedience right now by an inclusive definition, right? <laughs> uh, no, so like with 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 uh, you know Sam and I, you know, on our travels, going through different states and and to visit family. I you know I hate to say this, but like we were. I mean, I, I maintained my policy of, like, I'm never going to proactively wear a mask, right? But I will wear it responsibly. And there were a few times where I, I would have, 
You know, I mean, I always go into places and without it on, or at, at, at most I'll, I'll wear a bandana around my neck. And I think that's like, that's kind of, that's the, that's the signal that I want to send, right? Like, hey, if you act, because this is basic courtesy I would have had before COVID. If you ask me, hey, around, around me, can you please do this? I might say, fuck off, but I'm not going to like violate your personal space and your request for like how you want me to be around you. So if an employee then says, hey, can you wear the mask in the store? I might say, well, I have a medical exemption. Is that, is that all right with you? You know, um, but yeah, I was, I was, we were, we were a little bit more compliant, you know, traveling in delicate circumstances uh, in order to, to be with family. But then like we had a family gathering. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but you know, like we had, we had 10 people and believe it or not, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, we did not eat Thanksgiving outside in the freezing wind with six feet distance between everybody. Jim, did you have, do you have any, did you have any uh, disobedient gatherings over Thanksgiving? Uh, well, I, w- I was trying to think of that because I, I don't specifically remember any rules put out for Arizona, like the having to have it outside. I never read the Arizona. Those are, those are, those are CDC Thanksgiving guidelines specifically that came out like the week before. Oh, oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, we violated those for sure. <laughs> we were indoors. We had, like, I don't know, 20, 30 people in a dozen different households. It was a good time. Not a mask among us. Uh, we all hung out all day and ate all day, and all the food was uh, buffet style. And, you know, you sneezed day. in it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, we all got tested. We do have a couple of people in our family who, uh, well, I'll say we have at least one who has, uh, you know, sort of a legitimate medical sensitivity where it's like, yeah, there's a bad flu going around. No, this is a reasonable precaution for me. Oh, okay. And we have, we have at least one family member who has professional considerations. And this is, this is kind of dumb, right? But it's like, hey, if I test positive, it's going to mess with my job situation. Well, I can't argue with that, right? It's not you. You know, it's like, well, hey, I want I want to work with idiots. Can you not interfere with my ability to work with idiots? Like, yeah, all right, sure, respect. So, you know, we all got tested. Um, Sam and I got tested. Um, I think we mentioned that on the show week before last, right? We got tested in uh, the Seattle area. And, you know, it was funny. We were, like, waiting outside in the, in the – cold, damp Seattle weather for like 45 minutes, even though we showed up 10 minutes early for our appointment. And I don't mean to complain like about like all the little stuff with this because it is kind of cool to see, oh, hey, yeah, the new need, new system just arises. But if you're like, this is in order to to lessen the impact of COVID, we're all going to stand around with people who might be sick. (laughs) No, no. All right. Uh, so any other any other contest entries before we jump into this big pile of news, Jim? Uh, no, no contest entries. Uh, Craig Darty was referencing the YouTube. YouTube and mainstream media are in bed with government. Always have their talking points. That's why Adam vs. Man is so important. Thank you, Craig. CJ. What up, CJ? Uh, we are definitely not just going to skim over the most important link of the day. So no, we're uh, going back to that. Yeah, just to make sure, like this, this is what we are going to start with, and I need you to go through all of this. 
Okay. Oh, you want to go through all of it? Well, yeah. So let me, from, let the, so, from the very first letter to the last letter. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll let you read the text that you find critical, but then let me set you up with a couple little things. First of all, with the audience, I want to remind you two contests today to win membership in the Producers Club. Either what is the most important story we didn't get to cover over the last two weeks, or what was the most civilly disobedient thing you did over the Thanksgiving vacation period, or whatever you want to call it. Um, but two other announcements, I suppose. One is that we are moving ahead with Homefront Battle Buddies, the veteran service organization. I'm starting with Stephen McClure to provide a space for combat veterans or military veterans in with PTSD or any other consequences of their service to seek treatment outside of official channels anonymously and without record. And for a lot, I mean, even just without the libertarian perspective on this, you think about well, um, you know, if, what if what if you were uh, what if you did something <clears throat> that might have legal consequences? You know, what if what if uh, I mean, like and I know CJ is going to get triggered by this, but uh, you know, like I, I say that I was a party to a war crime, and, and I've done the math, and I've already come out publicly and said, well, yeah, I, I violated the Geneva Convention specifically in torturing people um, in in sleep deprivation with detainees. And I, I can imagine that a lot of veterans uh, might find themselves in a similar circumstance where they didn't have the, the luck that I did in circumstance and being able to come to this point and talk about these things openly. And you might say, like, oh, man, I did this thing, and I, I can't. Like going to the VA, going into a government building and talking to a government employee about what I did that might get me in legal trouble even. You know, that you can't respect that as a place where you're safe discussing everything that you might want to. I mean, just look at the conflict with how VAs have dealt with cannabis for veterans, which is absolutely critical as a means of controlling symptoms, not treating the cause, but managing symptoms at least to get to better treatment with for veterans with PTSD. So to create that space for veterans, uh, we're creating a new 501c3 a veteran service organization called Homefront Battle Buddies. So if you want to get involved with that, if you want to help out, uh, we are in the process of recruiting a web developer and people to help with social media and content and organization and fundraising. And I'm very excited that uh, I get to sort of step back. We're not sure, we're not even sure what the organization of this thing is going to be just yet. Uh, but the, the sort of operational head of the organization is going to be Stephen McClure, uh, Afghanistan Bronze Star combat vet, Navy dude who's done civil disobedience with church and shutdowns as a pastor in Georgia. So I'm really excited that he gets to be, you know, taking point on this project. Maybe I get to sit back and be, you know, chairman of the board of directors, something like that. We'll figure it out uh, over the next few weeks. And we're looking forward to a launch on January 1st or, or about that time. We get past the holidays, take this time to get it all ready to launch. So if you want to help out with that, uh, please send me an email, Adam, excuse me, Adam at thefreedomline.com. Now to transition back to CJ, and YouTube and, and this, this issue with COVID-19 medical misinformation policy because I got to tell you, this goes beyond YouTube even. If, if this is Google, right? One, which is Alphabet, which is whoever, uh, you know, the owners of these corporate entities have been bullied into supporting, uh, who knows, politically. I, I heard, what was it, it, when Clinton was running for president, the Google, then Alphabet owners, uh, we're Clinton supporters, and it's like, 
maybe they just don't want to be suicided. You know, who knows? Uh, I, I just put this out as a, as a background note of caution and, and, and why it's absolutely critical to maintain a sort of objectivity in, in looking at something like this because, first of all, for, for us, as, as the people on the inside directly affected by this, it's very emotional to be cut off uh, when, when you're saying something, to be the victim of fraud, uh, in, in our case with YouTube at very least. And even for me, like, it's something I haven't been, like, oh, I've, I've been wronged, help me. Like, I'm, I'm the victim here. You know, I, 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 there's something inherently I, just repelling about that for me. Uh, but now we've got CJ and uh, I, I believe Matt also. Uh, CJ might, might get into this. And, and, and so this is, anyway, the, the, the background point is you don't know if any individual in the world today is acting under duress. And so, again, minimal harm. Don't condemn individuals. Don't attack individuals for something that you know they, they might be doing under duress, which really could be anything. So that being said, the other announcement with this is that we are getting organized to pursue uh, a lawsuit against YouTube. Now, what exact angle we're going to be pursuing uh, I'm not sure, but we are we are gathering together a, a team of lawyers, and we're at the point where we're at least going to be. Uh, we started the research, and we are, are getting a, a team together, uh, not just lawyers, but you know a couple other people who might help with other aspects of this lawsuit. And uh, if, if you want to get involved with that, again, you can email me Adam at thefreedomline.com. But right now we are we're in the process of analyzing this and figuring out what our legal angle might be. But as CJ will tell you, just from looking at the stats, uh, pretty clear that even with the views they've allowed us to get, we've been ripped off something to the tune of $80,000 of revenue this year. And, and CJ, I, I try to stay out of all of this. CJ, I understand what it means when you say, you know, it, it, it hurts. It hurts to look at this and go, mm, yeah. Uh, Something's up here, and and as, as CJ pointed out to me yesterday, when he watches an Adam versus the Man video, even with the old ones, he goes, "YouTube is playing full ads on this, and we're getting nothing." And that in and of itself, hey, maybe that's how the internet works. I'm not gonna, but but if that's not how you said it was gonna work, there's a fraud in there somewhere, CJ. Let's get CJ and maybe Jim back up. Just, just, just CJ for now. So, CJ, um, anything else you want to say about what I did to set this up? And, and, and then if you would, please get into the, the critical text on this link that we haven't covered yet. Well, again, because we are an audio podcast first, it's good to read into the record what yes. YouTube is saying we're being censored for. So I, I do think it's more appropriate for you to go through it with what we're doing than for me. I, my takeaway is, is it tells you exactly what uh, they're doing. So I, I prefer you read it, but if you want, I'll read it. Like, I mean, that's why I sent it to you. Well, if you read it, I know that we cover the important parts, and I can sit back here and look cool. And it's all important. Too. It's all important. That's the problem. You want to re- well, you want to read this whole this. Okay, this isn't that much. All right, I'll just get into it. You don't interrupt if you if you feel like you have to. But COVID nineteen medical misinformation policy: the safety of our creators, viewers, and partners is our highest priority, and we look to each of you to help us protect this unique and vibrant community. 
It's important you understand our community guidelines and the role they play in our shared responsibility to keep YouTube safe. Please take the time to carefully read the policy below. You can also check out this page for a full list of our guidelines. And by the way, I would I would point y'all towards um, what, what someone I'm I'm a big fan of, uh, uh, Awaken with JP, and he has a a great a, a video parodying what it's like to talk to YouTube support and what the guidelines are. Uh, but if you go and look, and this is you know I, I my. One of my brothers wants to get involved with this, and he was like, uh, like he wants to be a part of this legal analysis team. You know, he's going to be one of the people in on on some of these conference calls coming up. But uh, he's been affected by this personally too, and I I was talking about trying to catch him up on this. This goes for me. This goes all the way back to two thousand. Was it 2010, 2011? I guess 2011 when I got off the TV show to focus on the YouTube channel, I got canceled. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to rewrite that history. Yeah. Uh, but um, I have videos from back then even uh, of community guidelines uh, being abused by their, their openness. But anyway. Uh, YouTube doesn't allow content about COVID-19 that poses a risk, a serious risk of egregious harm. Now, serious risk of egregious harm, this is what is being stretched and twisted so dangerously around COVID to create really a new standard of censorship. And as, as I mentioned earlier, this represents a fundamental shift in the mentality of the internet in a really dangerous way from, hey, this is, this is a free, open space for information. You can share stuff even if you're wrong. And that was part of the understanding of the internet. And this is why my, my favorite quote of all time from Abraham Lincoln is, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. And that mentality was always, hey, there's going to be crap out there. <gasps> Really? Yeah, people are going to be wrong about stuff. Oh, my gosh, it happens. People are going to try to lie to you and take advantage of you. And people have bullshit ideologies. And, you know, just like with all of a sudden you get into to religion with this and censorship is a very uh, important analysis to be able to step back and go, well, can you prove that your religion is right? Because it directly contradicts this other religion. So if one of you is wrong and they're talking about egregious harm, like, like this – Serious risk of egregious harm. You, you know, at COVID-19, we've, had, we've got this paradigm where that, that sounds like kind of a reasonable thing. And you go, well, hey, I'm a Christian, and if you don't follow Christianity, uh, you're going to go to hell. That's egregious harm, and so we have to censor anything that's not Christian or that would cause bad behavior that would lead you to go to hell. And I mean, even in the Christian world, you go, oh, really? I'm pretty sure God gave us free will for a reason. I'm pretty sure if you violate my free will, that's an affront to God, to your God, by your standards. So anyway, this is, oh, well, egregious harm. I think the most egregious harm you can do is censor people. Is that you can, you can lead people, because if you create the mentality, if you beat that out of people, that, that, that skepticism, that analysis, that, 
that freedom of thought, that responsibility for your own ideas, actually makes us uh, much more vulnerable, easy to take advantage of by authorities. Oh, and YouTube is supported by government corporatist policy? No way! They, they know who butters their bread, so to speak, right? YouTube doesn't allow content that spreads medical misinformation that contradicts local health authorities or the World Health Organization's medical information about COVID-19. Now, there's something hilarious already. Just I got I got to pick apart this first sentence. You can't spread medical misinformation that contradicts local health authorities or the WHO. How many times have local health authorities contradicted the WHO? How many times have they changed? This is this is this is crazy. What we got censored for. What we got a strike and blocked on YouTube for with 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 this show, Man vs. Man, was saying that maybe lockdowns aren't the best policy. We did that on a Thursday before the weekend, where the World Health Organization changed their own policy to be in agreement with what we were saying. So we got punished for being three days ahead of the World Health Organization on that. No, but you're not allowed to be right until the WHO says that it's right. But how many times even local health authorities contradicted the WHO? And that's the case. YouTube is saying that now, basically, you can't say anything about COVID unless you're the WHO or health authorities, because it's because whatever you say, this is, could be used, and this is absolutely true. Is being used. People are being shut down. Videos are being pulled out. We've had videos taken down because it didn't agree with either what the WHO was saying right now, said yesterday, said a week ago. And even just pointing out this contradiction is enough to get you in trouble. And you go, oh, that's that's what this is really all about. So this is limited to content that contradicts WHO or local health authorities' guidance on treatment, prevention, diagnostic, transmission. Guidance on diagnostic. I mean, they can't even get the language to, to basic grammatical agreement right here. Yeah, as I interrupt sentences and have run on after run. But no, like really, Google, you can't even, this should be able to, all right, I'll stop picking apart the grammar here. But no, YouTube's policies on COVID-19 are subject to change in response to changes to global or local health authorities' guidance on the virus's policy was published on May 20, 2020. And again, you know, i got to be careful, like, hey, can't condemn YouTube for this behavior. And you go, what? You can't? Yeah. Because it's a, it's a likely possibility, a, a very reasonable possibility that there's a gun to someone's head somewhere at YouTube. And you know there is anyway with all the ways that they're subject to the coercion of government. Somewhere you're going to go, hey, this is what you're going to do for your policy, or we're not going to let you stay in business. I mean, that's so again, it, it might be their fault, it might not. But you know, who's really benefiting from this? And yes, Google, Alphabet, part of YouTube, they're all they're all benefiting from this. But what's the purpose of government? Keep the rich, super, excuse me, keep the super rich getting richer and the rest of us getting relatively poor. So, what this policy means for you if you're posting content, don't post content on YouTube if it includes any of the following. Now, just before I even get into this, there's a huge chilling effect that we have seen from YouTube on uh, the way it manipulates a a massive amount of the human conversation on the air. And just discouraging them to say, hey, hey, you can 
can talk about libertarianism all you want, as long as you take out the part about ever breaking the law. Oh, no, because the law, the law, the law, the law, it's sacred. And you go, well, what if my message is pointing out that the laws are illegitimate, that the laws themselves are unethical? Oh, well, yeah, I don't want to talk about that on our And, and I think about, the, like, I've heard people bitching about Facebook a lot lately. Uh, you know, we see our friend G.I. Mary Jane, Joey Lee with cannabis activism being censored on Facebook. I, I came up with like an analogy. Tell me if this fits for you guys, but like what the, what these tech giants have been able to do is like get this conversation going on the internet through corporatism, first to market technologies, blah blah blah. But w- once you're in this virtual world, if you don't agree with them, basically you just have to wear a virtual dunce cap the entire time. Where, oh, you look like, oh, you're unpopular. You look unpopular because, look, we made your numbers really low. Oh, your posts didn't get published. Oh, your posting frequency really sucks. You're really not good at the social media thing. Oh, no, it's because every other post gets censored. It's like if, if government decide, said, hey, we're going we're gonna to hold a party, but if libertarians show up, you, you have to wear a big yellow dunce cap. Would you go to that party? Would you? I mean, and, and if it's if it's the only place to get drinks and listen to music, you might go, ah, shit. All right, I'll wear the yellow dunce. But the thing about that yellow dunce cap is that nobody other than the wearers know really that they're wearing it. Everybody else sees you and just goes, oh, you look stupid. They don't know where that cap came from. They don't know that it's a condition of your entry. They don't know that the hosts of the party are the ones forcing you to wear that. And as soon as you, like, we talk about censorship, and I, I debate, like, like even now, I, want to, I, want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to talk to CJ. i got to get through this, man. I want to get to the headlines. But what this policy means for you, if you're posting content, don't post content on YouTube if it includes treatment misinformation, if it discourages someone from seeking medical treatment by encouraging the use of cures or remedies to treat COVID-19. Well, I'm going to do that today. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do something today on the show later on that's going to definitely cover that or be covered by that. Claims that COVID-19 doesn't exist or that people do not die from it. Hi, I'm a person. I don't die from COVID-19. Well, no, people don't. But again, this is so subjective because it has to be in order to impose this kind of censorship. Content that encourages the use of home remedies in place of medical treatment, such as consulting a doctor or going to the hospital. Again, how many examples do we have? Cannabis. It's a home remedy. Well, no, you better go to the shrink and and get on a bunch of SSRIs and then shoot up a school in Connecticut. Yeah, that's that's much better than you smoke a pot. Don't you dare go for home. How many times have we seen over the course of human history where uh, the medical authorities got it wrong and home remedies were better, especially now in the age of massive pharmaceutical companies? Well, what does it say about the confidence in your product when in order to get people to take it, you have to say, oh, but you can't talk about the competition. You can't talk about the alternative. Content that encourages the use of prayer or rituals in place of medical treatment. Now, I, I, I am, uh, <clears throat> you know, I consider myself a scientist, at least intellectually. <laughs> uh, I consider myself an objectivist, not closed, but open in, in terms of logic and reason and, 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 you know, objective methodology to come to the truth. But if people want <clears throat> to, to use prayer or rituals in place of medical treatment and they want to talk about that, would I censor them? Tell them they, fuck no, never, never would I tell you 
I mean, I would argue with you. I would debate you, and I would do every. If I think you're you're harming people, I would do everything. Or if your ideas are leading people to do things that are harming themselves, I would do. I, you know, I might I might like try to interject myself in that conversation or put out better content or alternatives or tell people why why you're wrong, but censor you. Who do you think I am? YouTube? No, I wouldn't wouldn't do that. Uh, but is it, again. Not necessarily YouTube behind this. Uh, let's see. Content that claims that a vaccine for coronavirus is available or that there is a guaranteed cure. Wait. Hold on a second. Now, see, this is why CJ wanted me to get to all the texts. Again, like, I'm covering news right now. Like, there's stuff. Yeah, there's vaccine stuff in the news. This is why it's subject to change. But content that claims that a vaccine for coronavirus is available. That's what the mainstream media is talking about now. Look at all these, look at all these vaccines that are available. <sighs> when you try to be an arbiter of truth and say, I am not subject to question. Again, part of what I love about what we have with Adverse the Man and the Producers Club is that y'all help me out. Y'all question me on a regular basis. But anyway, claims about COVID-19. Vaccinations that contradict expert consensus from local health authorities or World Health Organization. And this is just so dangerously anti-science, anti-intellectual to say that consensus is the determinant of truth. It is, an, it is a bald-faced appeal to authority that it, it's, you know, didn't your mom ever tell you if all your friends were jumping off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? <laughs> like, Wow. Content that claims that any currently available medicine prevents you from getting the coronavirus. People are looking for that. I mean, shouldn't we be able to evaluate something that might prevent you from getting the virus? I mean, basic flu prevention stuff. Now, you know, medicine, just even defining the term medicine. Well, no, I think you should use hand sanitizers or, you know, vitamin C scrubs or whatever, like, yeah, even by CDC guidelines, that prevents you from getting, I mean, all right, I'm done kind of just pointing out how bullshit the language of this is. Other content that discourages people from consulting a medical professional or seeking medical advice. Uh, prevention, misinformation, content that pre promotes prevention methods that contradict, blah, blah, blah. Diagnostic misinformation promotes diagnostic methods that contradict local health authorities, blah, blah. Transmission, misinformation. Again, any, any, com, claims that COVID-19 is not caused by a viral infection, uh, claims COVID-19 is not contagious, claims COVID-19 cannot spread in certain climates or geographies, content that claims that any group or individual has immunity to the virus or cannot transmit the virus, content that disputes the efficacy of local health authorities or WHO's guidance on physical distancing or self-isolation measures to reduce transmission of COVID-19. Um, and it's kind of like, if you can tell that there's a dangerous sort of lumping together of things here, um, that it's like if I'm, if I'm stealing from you, but I can prevent you from saying certain things, I can say, well, or I want to discredit that idea that, that puts the responsibility on me. I can say, well, you can't say that the earth is flat. You can't say that there are little green men on Mars. And you can't say that I've been stealing from you. And now I've lumped together the idea that is true that I want to discredit with other ridiculous ideas 
through censorship and demonization of these concepts. So uh, all of the things that we – it's sort of like 9-11. Like, we know that 9-11 we – know, we know. Very reasonable conclusion with as much certainty as anything that the government story about 9-11 has big holes in it. Holes that you could fly a plane through, for example. And if, if you accept that narrative, uh, you know, you go, well, I can go back to sleep. But if you go, well, let me look at the alternatives. And instead of government saying, you know, well, it's, it's this or something slightly different from this, they go, oh, well, either you believe the government story or you believe that the lizard people flew missiles into all these buildings and uh, they, they weren't even real. And even the buildings were holographic and they took them down with explosives two weeks before. And it's like, no, no. And it's the same thing with, with, with COVID. They're doing the same thing demonizing those of us who want to question the official narrative and saying, hey, anybody who questions the official narrative is, is crazy, like these people over here. And so again, I think Alex Jones has controlled opposition this way because the people behind 9-11, whatever the real story was, they don't want you thinking, oh, well, let me listen to Richard Gage, who we've interviewed here, and architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. Listen to Alex Jones, who's going to tell you about the craziest conspiracy theories. And you go, well, don't you know? Don't don't let Adam versus the man and, and, and our team give you a reasonable counter narrative to the government story. Just look at you know all these crazy, crazy, totally unscientific things that people are saying in order to challenge whatever. But anyway, educational, documentary, scientific, or artistic content. We may allow content that violates the misinformation policies noted on this page. If that content includes content that gives equal or greater weight to countervailing views from local health authorities or to medical or scientific consensus. Now, what is equal or greater weight? Do I have to do it in every single video, in every single segment? I have to go, well, here's how we picked apart the official narrative and given it appropriate weight. And I, this reminds me of the duopoly bulls. Well, you have, to, you have to show both sides of the story, the Republican side and the Democrat side. And again, it's like if I'm stealing from you and I'm debating whether to steal everything you own or 90% of what you own, well, you have to consider both sides of the argument equally. Should you steal 100% or 90% and, and, and not steal at all? Well, that's not one of the options we're considering here. Uh, we may also make exceptions if the purpose of the content is to condemn or dispute misinformation that violates our policies. This content must appear in the images or audio of the video itself, providing it in the title or description is insufficient. And so, yeah, content not allowed, denial that COVID-19 exists, claims that people have not died from it, claims that there's a guaranteed vaccine. Okay, so this is content not allowed on YouTube, claims that there's a guaranteed vaccine for COVID-19. By the way, again, one of the stories, you know, we got to catch up on, but this was, uh, we, we did cover this right before the Thanksgiving break, that there <laughs> 90% of fake, oh no, it's 95% now. Uh, claims that treatment or medicine is guaranteed cure, certain people have immunity, taking home remedies. If I read this as a list of examples in this language, is this video going to get taken down? Uh, yeah, all right. Videos alleging that setting off fireworks can clean the air of the virus. Claims that COVID-19 is caused by radiation from 5G networks. This is why people who censor, it's like you don't have a sense of humor. Like you can't just accept parody even with these ridiculous ideas. You can't laugh it off. You can't correct it. Your, your worldview is that weak. No, you're pulled one over on us. Um, claims that the COVID-19 vaccine will kill people who receive it. Oh, no, don't question the pharmaceuticals. 
What happens if content violates this policy? If your content violates this policy, we'll remove it, send you an email, let you know if this is your first time, you'll get a warning, no penalty. If not, we'll give you a strike against your channel. Three strikes, your channel's terminated. And so this is something we're managing with Adam versus the man. We're at two strikes until December 10. And who knows? We might be staging Adam versus the YouTube when we're uh, we allow ourselves back on the main channel. CJ, now we're we're this is the first hour of the show now. I hope you're happy. Just uh, throwing up. <laughs> that's fair enough. Uh, you know, like I said, we dissected it yesterday instead of having the show. Matt and I. Uh, yes, I know. I look twelve. I had a tragic shaving accident <laughs> during No Shave November. I'm aware. Um, so again, the comments are being the comments, but anyways, uh, yeah, we do have some, and we, yeah, and yeah, it was, you it was were young enough to fit in a Marine Corps uniform. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I used to, used to be skinny and used to fit in that thing. Now I would, it would, it would, I couldn't fit into it even if I wanted to. But yeah, so, uh, Adam, at some point I was going to ask you though, I mean, do you think we should appeal? I mean, I've left this alone. We got rejected last time. This has been, as Jim will tell you, and I'll just bring Jim on here too, because uh, he can confirm this. Sorry, Jim. Uh, that we, we've we had how many changes? How many changes to that? It's changed twice. The very first time they banned the video, the first time they put impersonation. You can go back and rewatch our videos talking about it. And then they changed the impersonation to misleading spam or uh, misleading information or spam. And that was the general term that they said that we violated on that same video. And now it just says medical misinformation. So they've changed it a second time. This is the third different reason they've gave us for the same ban, for the same video ban. They keep changing the reason and updating the reason to sound more rational because they know they're full of shit. It's wrong to not let people be wrong. Yeah. Good quote. Should put that on a meme somehow. Right. So, uh, anyways, yeah, that, that's all we're going to cover on the this today. Um, for I mean, until you realize that, yeah, the stories later are all going to in some way get us kicked off YouTube the day we get back. <laughs> and and it's it's YouTube suicide in, on December 10th. So. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, we got the guest, he is backstage, uh, so it's up to you if you want to go guest or 10 minutes of news stories. All right, no, let's, let's, uh, well, let's check in with the audience, we'll get our guests, uh, a, a little bit early, and then we'll, uh, then we'll get to our big pile of news, but yeah, let's, uh, what else do we have for comments here, Jim? Uh, Any contest entries, we... good insights? Uh, well, no, sort of, we got... Two contest entries from two people that are already in the producers club. <laughs> so so that's fun participatory. That's yeah. Uh, our debate manager was saying she's not trying to win the contest because she's already in, but she had a house full of proud boys, multiple households, definitely no masks, eating inside closer than six feet, pretty sure drinks, and definitely Jays were shared. That's that's a, a good laundry list of, of civil disobedience. Uh, don't be a state of said, I don't pay t enough attention to the Modelo virus to no guidelines, but I did fire off my AR while wearing 14-inch shoestrings. ATF letter 3311-2004-379 prohibited this. 
<laughs> wait, wait, this is a 14-inch shoestrings. You're, this is not some weird firearms term. This is literal. I, it sounds like it. He know he's very specific, <laughs> and he's very spe- he he reads up on those. He, he's a yeah. he's a big uh, weapons uh, law well, researcher. Mister Status is a big fan of the rules, so he likes right. the rules. You got to know the you got to know the rules in order to love the rules. Right. You got to know the rules in order to know what to uh, ignore. <laughs> and then you have to love them to really know them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you answered the uh, the synagogue's question. Are you still kicked from YouTube? You already answered that question. We're not well, kicked. No, no. We're what, we're what? preventing ourselves from being kicked. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me answer that a little more precisely since they asked. Then um, I'm I'm totally allowed to post whatever I want on my main YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Adam Kokesh, at this point because I have two strikes. But because we have entered this sensitive season of censorship uh the snowflakes have run amok so to speak uh <laughs> we are not broadcasting anything on that channel uh and and uh, at least until december 10th and we haven't committed to any particular strategy beyond this but uh because if before december 10th we have one more strike they actually delete the entire channel so if you see the last video on that channel is still my sign-off as Adam Loves the Man, which is a bit of artistic parody, but certainly not at risk of violating any content guidelines and in a tongue-in-cheek way explains that situation. So the, the, the scary thing about this with YouTube, uh, and, and I, I think they do generally, like you think about one of the one of the subtle manipulations, like, oh, well, if your videos are three to four minutes, they'll do better with our algorithm because that's what people are watching. You know, so no long-form videos. And I, I, I decided a long time ago after playing this game with YouTube, like, no, I'm, I'm going to make content for my audience, not the platforms. Fuck you. Like, no. You want me to put this and that and cards and blah, blah, No, I'm not. Yeah, there it is. Adam loves the man. That was our way of bowing out from uh, the old YouTube channel. So... Get it down, Jay. Move it. Get it away. <laughs> Jim is still traumatized by Adam Loves the Man. All right. So uh, the scary thing is if if, I, if we go back onto the channel on December 10th and we're like, hey, hey now we're down, we're down to one strike. Fuck you, YouTube. We're going to say what we want to say on your platform now. They go, well, you did that with two videos. Now you have two more strikes. Now you're gone. <laughs> I'm like, and, and we've got a huge archive there. I don't know if I want to risk that at all. Like, why give YouTube the excuse? And if it's, like, if they can say, well, we, we have no reason to take him down, or he hasn't posted any new content there in months, if we take down his archive, it's going to be, maybe, maybe we, we, need a, we need to build a new channel, um, you know, on a regular basis, or just to, to do the, the new regular Adam the Man production. Um, and consider it as a as a buffer or like just a, you know a channel where hey when it gets to two strikes we'll just we'll create a new one like maybe that's how we have to do YouTube it's like you keep and it's like hey look how long we got this first channel going to get it up to two strikes well all right now we're going to abandon it because now it's a liability and we don't want to risk that whole I mean, we can do three videos in one day from the show and, or, or or we could we could have we could have I could make one sentence. I could do a video that come. I could I could make a video on December 10th. COVID isn't real, and gov- government is a racket, and the president should uh, the world would be better off if the president dropped dead. 
You could probably pick apart six or seven community violation guidelines in that one sentence. And if they do that, they go, oh, three strikes. They just delete the channel. I don't know if it's worth it. And now we'll see if that happens to CJ's channel today. <laughs> All right. So, so shall we go to Michael and anything else from the audience or, or Jim? No, we're all caught up. Let's go. Let's all right. keep our guests waiting. All right. On time today. How about that? Uh-oh, wait. Did my screen just freeze again? Can you hear me okay? Jim, if you can hear me. Yeah, well, I can hear you. All right. Vamp for a minute. I got to reload Chrome again. Good. It's not happening during the interview. Okay. All right. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, I guess just a few more minutes there, Michael, in the backstage, uh, we're going to get to you. Obviously we're having technical issues and Adam is restarting. So, uh, don't be a status said shoestring machine gun. Uh, the code was, uh, quote, shoestring machine gun determination letter. That must be a certain specific type of <coughs> 1054. Uh, these bullet points are so catch-all, YouTube may turn right around and hit you again on December 11th. That, that's what it, that's what we're kind of expecting to happen because, uh, like Adam said, I mean, the, the I don't know how many, if anybody knows these channels, but the Conscious Resistance uh, was run by a guy named Derek Bros. He was a great channel I love to watch. Uh, this happened to him. He got three strikes, and he had over 2,000 videos. He was, I mean... He was a great content creator, and he has the conscious resistance has literally been removed from YouTube, and all 2,000 of his videos are gone, and it's horrible. So it's ridiculous, and it's real what's going on. Thanks, uh, Jim. This leader's back already. Yeah, Jim. Uh, yeah, hey, by the way, one, one more thing I want to say about this. Uh, aside from that fun little technical glitch, part of being on the road, part of doing this as a lightweight, you know, underfunded program. Uh, but one of the things that I'm going to be doing over the next month in December is committed to, you know, really being at home in the office and the studio a lot and, and uh, helping, you know, or trying to figure out what, what's the, the best organization and distribution for a show like this to, to beat the censors. But one way or another, we depend on your support. We depend on and to me, an active and engaged audience. And even that is not enough always. Um, as you mentioned with the case of our friend Derek Rose, uh, who really has done a lot of great work in, in media production. Some of it I've done together with him. I think those videos are still up. Did, did, are those the civil no, disobedience? <laughs> me, me and Derek Rose at the airport in Washington, D.C. We had a lot of fun with that. But all right, let's get to our guest. Almost on time today. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us today is Michael Plumoff. Michael, we know through our friends. Uh, Dan, Taxation, Seth Berman, and Nick Wildstar. And Michael is not only a, a salesperson uh, who's, who's been a passionate activist for, for many years, but a supporter of small businesses and free markets, works with cannabis and hemp uh, as an unpaid advocate. Um, but what we want to talk to him about today is sort of some of his strategies in, in terms of living better, living financial freedom, uh, and, and to learn from his experiences with the IRS and Freddie Mac. So, uh, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Are we getting audio there, CJ, or is he is he muted on his end? It's his end. Okay, Mike, you might have apologies. 
There we go. No, there we go. Hey, we're going to cut that in the edit. Pretend it never happened. Go. Okay. Um, thanks for having me. And um, we're here to talk about docket and clock it and um, the techniques on how to get your voice and uh, your actions in front of uh, the federal, state, and local governments. And um, with that being said, Robert Prosal, uh, Procell, who was a guest of yours, um, and we're very thankful for him to have some airtime, and that allowed uh, fully informed jury uh, associates to come out to Rockwell, Texas this Saturday in um, brochure drop and sign wave and, and so forth. So the power of the podcast, people, is, is here now and didn't hurt a lot of YouTube, but not a lot of BitChute, but there are other platforms. So just working and networking um, with the podcast, that is our true voice, that is our free voice. And uh, with, with that being said, we're making progress uh, to um, address constitutional law issues, bullying of the Rockwell uh, Police Department potential uh, testimony of treason. So this is some serious stuff and um, witness. We need people to show up and um, pack the court and just provide those uh, witnesses, those eyeballs that the attorneys and the judge, um, they changed their tune. The Great Panthers did it in the 70s, 80s, and so forth. But, um, you know, we need to pack the courts. You can have a change. So All right, thank well, you very well, much for that. But, yeah, well, I, I appreciate that, you know, and, and it, it, it is a, a, a great intro to this conversation, I hope. And, and I want to give our audience uh, as, as much practical, you know, download of, of knowledge and perspective to empower them to live better from, you know, what they can get from you. But before we get into those specifics, what, what do people need to know about you by, by way of background? How did you get to this point in this understanding? Well, um, the mortgage meltdown is is really you know what destroyed me and and broke up my family and then uh trying to understand uh the haves versus the have nots and the haves being the fed and um the uh derivatives options and and so forth that allowed so much debt to be resold and resold so fighting with freddie mac and um, for eight years, eight long years, and not knowing the law and, and trusting other um, associates, you know, I got put out of my house. But I had um, sort of like the back office or the back uh, side of everything to let people know that. Um, sorry, that um, you, you got to stand up. You got to fight. So um, with, with that being said, um, the, the power of the haves, and, and you can call them out and you can, um, you know, point to the, the wrongdoings that they're, uh, they're, they're trying to lay down on you, and uh, you can get some space, some distance, and uh, in some cases, damages and, and so forth. So that's what's really, um, you know, to know about me is – uh, I'm a fighter, and um, I, I try my best to be uh, to dock it and clock it, and that's letting people know that um, 
you write down who, what, when. Those are the three important things hold on, when hold you're on, going through an experience. Michael, Michael I just, I just to make sure I'm understanding this and, and, and that we're laying this out sort of uh, procedurally for, for the audience, uh, sure. well, well, let's start with Freddie Mac and, and, and the mortgage issues here. Uh, first, just, just so people are clear, what did you accomplish and what is it that what your the, the docket and clock it technique allows people to do? Okay. Uh, it allows stay. It, it allows distance and time when you're fighting with somebody. It, you can uh, slow things down because your voice is being heard and your evidence is being presented and you're making people uh, deal with what you're bringing up. Uh, that's the first so, thing. And then, so, so hold on, hold on. So separate, just making sure I understand. So this is, you, if you want, we cover this sort of like independently because it sounds like what you're presenting with the docket and pocket technique would apply to a number of legal situations. And if, if that's correct, then what you do is you can apply it anytime that any kind of delay would help you. But specifically, if someone is coming after you, like to take your home or in, in a criminal or even in a seizure or a lean kind of position, that you could use this as a uh, stall tactic, essentially, yeah? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and the word stall, you know, uh, the, the thing is you're, you're documenting and you're, you're holding other people accountable. The, the Bush League or just um, as your experience with the military and, and the federal government, how just they, they bum rush you. So, you know, by docking and clocking and, and you're creating that barrier, that shield, so they just can't crush you. And then you're sharing your, your knowledge and experience. So then, again, that uh, creates more shields. It creates a phalanx. And, and people can line up shoulder to shoulder and protect themselves and, and so forth. Okay, so just the, then before we get to the process scope on this, like if I was, say, say I was facing a DUI prosecution or something like that, is it something that I could use to delay the imposition of penalties? Or- well, it. The the delay or it's it's just getting your um, counter okay and you being the defendant and not just waiting on your your lawyer your mouthpiece everybody knows the cost of a DWI ten thousand dollars you know and and so forth and uh, with this technique you're making the court you know realize that you're not a pushover and you're just going to uh, sit there and take it and for them to really come with their A game versus their bully game and we're seeing that in the courts we need to really you know they talk about bullying in school so much but bullying occurs in adult life that pride ego etc that a lot of adults don't like to talk about but the way leo law uh, enforcement officers come at you the socratic method i don't answer questions am i being detained you know people got to realize we get trained in, in elementary school and kindergarten you got to answer popo's questions no you don't yeah, that, that obedience mentality is really deeply ingrained and, and it, i i might go it's so important that we have all the tools to reject that because like even me I mean, I, even me people look as you know mr libertarian mr freedom whatever and it's like no i still got i'm still shaking loose a lot of conditioning that's like that's really built in. I mean, I was in the Marines. I was willing to kill for politicians. We, we have to break that. So to the mechanics, can, can you give us like a 
you know, a two-minute class that would allow us to actually use this technique? Sure. The the spreadsheet, okay? Um, you don't have to be a great writer. I'm I'm not a great writer. I'm dyslexic and I have a writing ability, uh, disability. So I like to have, have uh, row and column. So with row and column, you have who did what when. And this is when you're tracking all the letters and all the charges and all the responses and so forth. So it allows you to have it on one sheet of paper, who did what when. Okay, so then you create your timeline. So then when you get into trial or when you get into depositions and so forth, they're not free, um, freewheeling it or, um, you know, in interrogation. They make you say the story, uh, you know, five, ten times over and over trying to get you to trip up and use it against you. So the, the key thing is if you have your who, what, when, where, how, and why or just that's the five W's of true reporting – but if you have just those basics, then you can say, this is what I'm saying, and it's written down. If you can't comprehend this, that's on you. But don't try to shake me. Uh, here's my testimony. So that's that's the one thing. As you go through life and traumatic events, you know, who struck John is, is an old phrase. But when you um, put down who did what when to you. You know, then you can have that evidence and then you could say when you go out and ask for help from other um, agencies. And remember, we got three branches of government and people, you know, lobbyists just want to play in the legislature. But there's the judicial side that are enforcing rules and are manipulating laws in that whole judicial and Esquire law and lawyer circuit. OK, and okay, then the on, executive so, side. On, so, Michael, just. To stay on the process here to make sure that that I I could do I can apply this right. So you, you're yes. talking about the background organization for yourself of know your narrative right the the who what where when and why it could be a statement of fact or facts that the government is ignoring or someone is trying to deny in order to prosecute you for a victimless crime or it might be a, a narrative of this should happen any of that right so you want to get that complete and straight for yourself but What's the next step in inserting this into the legal process? Well, after you have that, um, it's really being able to deal with the counterpunches. And um, when they bring something on you, that um, you got to demand the evidence. And it's it's just a compare and contrast about uh, two different sides of evidence. And um, be careful with statutes and, and all the case law uh, and so forth. You really got to drill down to what evidence are you bringing against me? What evidence do I provide to the court? So you have your narrative and you have uh, the flow of things, but then you have the actual exhibits. And people need to really understand it's all about the exhibits that you present in your case and um, being able to represent and uh, explain your exhibits fully, but also, um, you know, laws about opinion and, and so forth. So you're going to have a lot of counter opinions and you got to be able to say, I object. And relevance, that's the one strongest word that um, people have to really kind of understand when they go through fights and battles. What is the relevance of you bringing this up? You're misdirecting or you're deflecting. So, right. 
I'm, I, I hope I'm trying to, um, you know, bring you, you go from your your story to evidence, and then also like you're uh, doing with this, stay on point, stay on track, and call people out when they try to um, circumvent or, or go around or try to bring up minutia and and so forth. Just say that's not relevant. So, so in a legal strategy or as a procedural strategy, would, I guess it could be summed up then your whole, the whole docket and clock it technique as you know, know your narrative, uh, insert it into the procedure and resist any attempt within that procedure to say that you haven't said your piece or that your narrative hasn't been accepted until they, they, or it hasn't been uh, you know, properly heard until they come to agree with it. And it's a way of kind of wearing down anything, trying to do anything that would violate you or against your, your desired outcome. And then you apply that to whatever that legal situation is. So, for, so in a DUI case, you might just sort of, I request a uh, continuance of this by, by a letter to the judge to say, because uh, this part of the story hasn't been determined, this has not been figured out, request another hearing, request, uh, delay for this to continue and, and continuance for those of you who don't know a simple legal term for a rescheduling of a court hearing or date. Um, if that's accurate, then Michael, how did you directly apply this now to your case with Freddie Mac? Well, just going uh, through the time and the levels of, of uh, providing the information that I did and uh, the, the lower court to the appellate court and, and so forth, it just pushing and pushing, trying to get the evidence of the derivatives used, the robo-signatures, and all that type of uh, financial uh, witchcraft that really was used on the American uh, public for the haves. And it, it bought me time, Adam, uh, versus it um, bought me the win. And I just wasn't um, able to get the win. And... Um, the, the entire process kind of beat me down, but the the key thing that I'm trying to share with you and your audience is um, how to fight a different type of fight and not just rely on the lawyers and understand that the appellate court needs to be brought in because um, many people don't challenge the lower courts, if that makes okay, sense. So yeah, I'd like you to connect it to our audience more directly to your experience with, with your Freddie Mac situation. So what was the outcome of that? Well, the, the outcome was uh, that I didn't have the, the best uh, counsel or I just wasn't able to understand. Well, let, let me just say this, that – uh, they use at all, which is Latin for all parties, and that's how they were able to get uh, a, a new case brought on to me because they used my ex-wife's name and then at all. So lo and behold, people, when you get mail, and I was trying to respect her privacy. We were divorced at the time and, and so forth. So somebody you got somebody else's mail and then says at all. You know, I didn't know what that meant. So that's how they kind of push the case through and and so forth. So if any mail comes to your house, regardless of whose name's on it, open it up because it came to your house. Hold so, on, sorry, Michael. I guess, I, I, hold on, Mike, Michael. Look, sorry, I, I mean, I, maybe I missed something, but can, can you, like, what was the original case, the issue with the home? What were they trying to do? And, and what was, like, are you still in this home? Are they still bringing charges? Are they still making claims? Like, in no. those terms, what? 
What was the outcome? It, it was mortgage fraud, okay? So you don't pay your mortgage. You pay, you stay, you don't, you won't is the old mortgage uh, and title company phrase. But in discovery of the documents, they leveraged my house and multiple uh, houses into pools of investments without my permission. So then I started challenging that. And there are, you know, many books on this and so forth. It's just people don't fight as hard as I was uh, fighting for eight years, challenging that you can't lump all my stuff in a secured asset without my permission. Mm. And they said, yes, we can. And um, I know uh, we're going off topic because um, there was some other stuff that I, I thought we were going to talk about more with the cannabis sure. and, the, and the hemp, but and, we, we and I'm that. sorry if I'm a little choppy here, but the, the whole thing is I'm, I'm just trying to say is I would have been differently prepared if we were doing Freddie Mac fight versus cannabis right. fight. But with that being said, I hope I'm providing, you know, we've got mortgage fraud going on and we've got University of Arizona did uh, a very strong paper on the derivative option markets, and then um, the the you can't write notes on people's property and trade them in the secondary in in securities markets without their permission, and that is what the mortgage meltdown happened and in, in caused. And I can provide you know the producers with the, that type of information to to give a little bit more look it up kind of uh, fact if that makes any okay. sense. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's get on to the couple of other topics we want to cover before we run out of time here because you do have a, a you know a bunch of I I I'm I really just wanted to drill down at the sort of practical. And I know in a lot of these situations where you're talking about legal strategies, it's it, it's it's challenging for people. Uh, but what, what I, if, if there's one thing I could impart on, on our audience from this interview, it's uh, the things that Michael is talking about in terms of asserting yourself and taking charge and going, what are my legal strategic options? And, and being able to think outside the box, because in a lot of these legal confrontations, they guide you into this channel or this channel, and very easily you can step out of that by going like, well, I could just beat this case by wearing them down instead of letting them wear me down. And the, the docket and clock it is one technique. If you want to see how that applies to your case or whatever, I think uh, Michael will give some contact information at the end of this interview. But while we just have a few minutes, uh, Michael, I really do want you to get a chance to, uh, to talk about your fight with the IRS. Um, and then and maybe we can end with uh, your, your cannabis advocacy. Yeah? So similarly, you know, what What can people learn from your experience with the IRS? Well, um, uh, again, and I apologize, I was more prepared for the other uh, topics. With the IRS is, is uh, with uh, the Freedom Law School and um, just it, when you pay the IRS, you're going down that road. But when you do not file and you do not expect – um, the socialism of social security, and you, um, if you raise your withholdings and so forth, and you owe the government, and it's go ahead and, and collect it or coming uh, come after it. But when you when you file for taxes, you're self admitting that you will pay. But when you do not file taxes, then 
it's up to them to say, you owe, you owe, you owe. Like Wesley Snipes, he filed taxes and got all jammed up. People don't realize that if he didn't file his taxes and and so forth and had the proper uh, protection around him, he wouldn't have been the one sitting in a cell. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of uh, – there's so much more to fighting the IRS. But I, I – like, and this is one of these I love about, you know, your perspective and Dan Berman's Dan, – excuse me, Dan Taxation Steph Berman's – is that it, it, it forces people, when you come at it from that pure ethical perspective, you go, uh, yeah, you're, you're doing something wrong, and I'm going to use your system to stop you whatever way I can. And there are a lot of ways that – just reconsidering your whole economic orientation or your lifestyle can minimize your your exposure to, to fraud and theft by the IRS. So, Michael, what, you know, uh, you want to talk about more about cannabis activism right now. Uh, it's a very exciting time for this, especially now. Yes. You know, like I'm I, I'm traveling around, you know, sort of the western half of the country, and it's I I, I suppose I might have because, because you know, I had a, I had a medical referral paper, whatever it was, in, in California and in New Mexico before that, years and years ago. You know, I, maybe I celebrated the end of the drug war prematurely, but we are coming to uh, a new tipping point, I think, with the outcome of the 2020 election. So wh- why is this something that is uh, important to you? Well, um, it's... It- it's really the the fraud in the has versus the have nots with California uh, in uh, the Moore Act and the uh, the elected officials and the corporatism. As you were talking earlier about big business, really, you know, corrupting uh, things. And um, California has 151farmers.org trying to empower. Uh, urban farms through the cannabis regulation and um, dispensary and and so forth. And I encourage people to look them up. And the key thing is, it's it's again using this method. This Daryl Cotton um, has tried to argue his case, and he has 14 federal judges recuse themselves. So he's mm. preparing a motion for that. And so wait. California, it's legal, man, and wreck, and um, they won the war. No, they didn't, and and so forth. You have the people of color, the POC, the blacks and the browns that don't have their own dispensary, the small business free markets, and we're not seeing that in California and so forth. And then we're trying to go through the judicial procedure, and 14 federal judges recuse themselves. He can't get a hearing, folks. So that's the the fired up part on uh, letting your audience know. Adam versus the man. The man is the government that is uh, protecting the rich, the haves, and and that's that's one thing I wanted to really kind of make sure and and let people know. And then the techniques. We're talking about techniques. Swarm. And people think on Twitter, you know, swarm battle. Well, there's uh, phone, fax, email. And you get a group of six people that you do a a Jitsi meet or a Zoom meet, and all six at the same time go 
uh, after somebody in a nice professional manner, but it's that spike in activity. Wait a second. Why did I get 10 or 6 calls on this? Why did I get 6 emails? Why did – you know, and I'm trying to share with people who are like, I can't win against City Hall. It's like, did you try this method, that method? Did you see the successes of other people? Did you mirror performance? And mm-hmm. and that's where I really just wanted to say that, you know, by the power of swarm in in a professional business like manner, you can really make people um, you know, take notice, possibly resign, possibly get charged with uh crimes themselves. Okay. So you gotta take the offensive. You gotta be proactive versus reactive in this yeah, game yeah. we call life. Michael, if, if if I may, uh, and I, I don't want to make this too much of like a uh, discussion because I want I want the focus to be on on getting information from you here, but this swarm concept is is, is something that I have used with great success in very specific sort of limited applications. Uh, specifically, like when, when I get arrested for civil disobedience, and instead of being bailed out or being allowed to bond out. Uh, they go, no, screw you. You're staying in jail until this is resolved. Uh, well, let's get a call flood on. And it's very simple to say, hey, everybody call so-and-so at this prosecutor's office or at this jail and say, free Adam. This is bullshit. Release this person. You know, we've done this uh, for a lot of other people as well. When we had, uh, a, you know, a more engaged audience with my civil disobedience, we could use that to help other people who are facing the same persecution. It's very easy in the case of relatively petty or any kind of individual law enforcement situations to make sure a case gets special attention. And you can you, all, it, it doesn't take much time or effort to effectively shut down a phone line. And it could be at a government office where they really don't want that phone line overwhelmed. Like they have to have it public, but they really don't want it overwhelmed with people going, Hey, you know how you've got that guy in jail who shouldn't be in jail? Could you do something about that, please? And and what, what Michael is talking about is applying that concept to a lot of other situations tactically and, and just to recognize that it's very easy to create the impression, real or false, to an individual or a, a supervisor, a decision maker, or even a board of directors or management team that something is a problem that really critically requires their attention. Yeah? Well said. Yep, well said. And that's that's that spike in its leverage, you know, and and people are so frustrated, so angry that they can, you know, click on their keyboard, but once you share with them and you do it as a hive or a, a bee swarm, you know, and if you get six people together and you record it, because then you take the recording as evidence. Hey, these six people, that was Alpha Group, uh, Bravo Group, Charlie Group. You see how you can just get more and more people. And then it, you can also – you can have fun with it. Hey, did you see how they did it? Did you see – well, they, they went this other angle. Well, they, they sent a bunch of flip-flops and boxes of waffles uh, to that elected official because they're moving around on their policy. you know. Or, oh my goodness, they sent um, rat, rat traps. Uh, to somebody, you know, his office got inundated with a uh, 150 rat traps because he's a rat, you know. So <laughs> it's, it's letting people know how to protest, and it's yes. not all about yes. getting beat up by cops. 
You know, you got to think a little now, smarter. Or even, even gathering physically isn't essential to have multiple voices heard all at once. And uh, already, like, I've got my gears turning. I love conversations like this because it, it gets me going, well, where are their government officials or decision makers doing the wrong thing because they disagree with me? Where I could just change their opinion on this by you know it's it's not it's it, it's not a hard tactic to employ. It's never a guarantee of success, uh, but it is one that I wish libertarians and activists in general were better at and more creative at employing. So, Michael, thank you for encouraging that. Before you go here, is there anything else critical from your stories that, that you want people to know? Um, I, I would just say that uh, getting community, you're not alone. You heard of Freedom Cells or, and Liberty Squads. That's the problem, folks, is uh, we're not staying connected. We're not staying in some kind of community, and we're breaking down. We're staying isolated, and, um, you know, life is sucking really hard. And if you, you work with your, your mates in, in a community, uh, you know, it's, it's okay and, and so forth. And, um, you know, that, that's the key thing is these Liberty Squads can, can bring you uh, sanity in a very insane world. I know there are people who are going to get this reference and not like hearing it, but I can't stop thinking about the episode of South Park where the troll club uh, trolled Denmark off the Internet. You can do a lot with that. You can do a lot. But getting together, especially in this time when everybody's interacting a lot more virtually, to be able to give people something to engage in in these efforts. And it is something that we are going to be doing over the next month, especially with the organization getting Adam versus the man to the next level, saying uh, that, you know, or, or showing people how to get this message out to beat the censors. But what Michael was talking about, of course, is applying it in a much more pointed, tactical, strategic approach in specific legal circumstances that could really have a huge positive impact on your life. There are a lot, and if there's one thing you can get from this conversation, don't be resigned to accept shittiness from government just because they've because they want you to. They, oh, this is just your life is just going to suck because you got to deal with this. Really? Maybe not. And if, if a lot of these strategies that that, that that we're talking about here sometimes come down to, uh, you know, not is there is there gold fringe on the flag? Do they print your name in all caps? Doesn't really matter. But you can serve justice very well simply by making yourself more trouble than you're worth as a victim in a lot of these circumstances and help other people with those techniques. So, Michael, finally, are, are there any resources that you want to point people to in this general field of endeavors or uh, anything that you want to offer for ways for people to connect with you if they have questions uh, about applying any of these techniques to their specific case? If I could, uh, well, I guess you might want to say is one is a shameless plug, and uh, um, BananaBeltFarms.com is a uh, direct farm source for CBD hemp flower at wholesale, not retail, wholesale. So uh, I'm trying to work with people to fundraise in Texas, California, etc., and by selling flour – you can then have money to pay for um, Facebook ads or YouTube ads and so forth. 
So try to find out wholesale sources then for you to small business free markets. Keep on working on that and, and try to work with as small, many small uh, businesses as possible. And then uh, Houston High on Facebook, um, just – is is a is a landing page or is a group that if anybody from this audience uh would like to contact me Houston High um and they are trying to uh, they're a news and media uh company that are are partnering or working with me and are allowing me to have a voice um for these types of trainings and that's the key thing folks just like boot camp and advance you got to get trained you got to practice you got to drill this stuff it doesn't come overnight it doesn't come in your sleep so you know and then you can teach others mm-hmm. to fish etc so those are the the two places um is is use wholesale to raise funds and Houston High to get a hold of me and and um you know be invited to come and train. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us Michael. Really appreciate your help today. Thanks for the uh, ability to have access and keep on doing what you're doing. All right. I hope that was helpful and again like just to underscore that last point for Michael there. There is a certain self-conditioning that you have to take on to say, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to let the government push me around. I'm not going to let, uh, you know, as he says, quasi-private entities or pseudo-private sector entities, I'm not going to let them push me around, whether it's with a mortgage or the IRS or taxes or bills or whatever it is. Uh, and, and if they're going to play these games, I'm going to play them that much better. So let's check in with the audience real quick, then we're going to get to our record-setting news block to see how many headlines we can skip through skim over in this last 30 minutes to actually do our job as journalists. But first, responsibility to the audience. Jim, any contest entries real quick, either civil disobedience around Thanksgiving or critical stories over the last two weeks? That is a no on both counts. Uh, everybody was uh, really The interview was just that time, right? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what I was going to say. Everybody was just glued to the interview. They didn't – they were – Austra. Uh you were gone when don't be a status clarified. I'll be quick with the comments. He said that uh 311-2004-379 is the two-string <laughs> machine gun determination letter. So it's not a literal two-string. But it's not a literal two-string. It's something I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Maybe he's just giving you enough to Google. <laughs> All uh, right. Well, maybe we'll check. Well, hey. Craig says, I feel like you should have ABTM 2.0 to save all the old videos. You should definitely start backing them up somewhere just anyways to, just to do it. Find a way. I mean, it's it's not an unreasonable thing to just, like, put up a new graphic on the old channel and say, we've moved due to censorship. We want to preserve this archive of content. Find us now with whatever, right? Um, and, and leave it there as such. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of inclined to go that way. It's, it's a bit of a statement of uh, protest in and of itself. Yeah. We're, okay, lastly, uh, there is already a demand for you to announce your 2024 intentions. <laughs> Adam, 2024. <laughs> Get ready. We'll be talking about it more next year for sure. All right, Jim, thank you very much. We're going to check in with the audience. Briefly, as we uh, as we come to the end of this show, but for now, let's see. Can we set a record for headlines covered as fast as possible? DailyBeast.com. Trump now baselessly suggests FBI rigged election against him in first post-election interview. 
And again, one of the, the so just to point out that this is carrying on. This is from yesterday, November 30th. Uh, President or day before, President also ranted at length about big, massive dumps in a predictably bonkers at times incoherent chat with Fox's Maria Bartiromo, who I've seen in other stories catching some flack for this interview being uh, a, a bit too too much of a puff piece for the president in his lame duck session. Uh, but again, the, the cleverness of Trump here. Oh, they cheated. Yeah, well, they did. They always do, and so did your team. But yeah, we're gonna uh, and and generally, it looks to me. Like the uh, the momentum of this post-election fight is 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 playing out relatively predictably, but Trump is holding on to uh, that sliver of a chance that allows enough delusional supporters to keep going. Although it does it does more and more seem like the crushing unavoidability now of a Biden presidency. DNYUZ.com Bitcoin hits new record this time with less talk of a bubble, and I think that headline really sums up where we are with Bitcoin right now. Bitcoin is back again nearly three years after it went on a hair-bending rise and hit a peak of $19,783. The price of a single Bitcoin rose above that for the first time on Monday, according to the data and news provider Coindesk. Cryptocurrency has soared since March after seeing below 4000 at the out- outset of the coronavirus pandemic. And if you recall, we covered the story, I think in March, that uh, because there was a uh, in- an incredible injection of uncertainty around corona that you would have uh there was a a rush to liquidity and so for the people who were desperate for cash and wanted to get out of investments there was a serious drop in uh in bitcoin but now we see a greater long-term surge as we predicted that you would have uh, around corona as people see more uh glitches in the matrix of the global financial system that there would be greater inclination to invest in alternatives and monetary mechanisms as well as holding uh, or holding crypto for its investment purposes. Uh, the Daily Star.co.uk deep fake photo of soldier killing child sparks row between Australia and China. Warning distressing content. The inflammatory image shared by an official Chinese government account appeared to show an Australian soldier smiling as he cuts the throat of a young child. Whew. Uh, now, all the links to all the stories that we're going to cover today are going to be in the notes. You're going to get to look into any of these that you feel like you need to catch up on more specifically. But a lot of these are just someone threw this in the producer's club chat. We're going to cover it, doing my best to catch up and, and, and do that journalistic duty. But this one, I, I, it just occurred to me in seeing this one that the deep fakery of the Internet, whether it's in photos, and, and that's been around for a while. It's been pretty easy to fake photographs of Anybody doing anything, you know, this, yeah, welcome to the Internet, Photoshop, right? There's a reason it's a verb now. Did you Photoshop that? And as much as we see the you know, use of technology in, in, a, in a suppressive way to censor, to, to bury narratives, it can also be used in a powerful way even through falsehood or, or exaggeration or whatever it is with deepfakes to challenge that. And I've always thought that the analysis of technology, while it's scary to see governments and authorities take on certain powers, it's a double-edged sword. cuts both ways, empowers authorities, empowers the people. And I would like to think that it's a curved blade. And the edge that cuts towards the people is longer than the edge, if only ever so slightly, which cuts towards empowering authority. And so it's kind of nice to see that this technique now is being used to discredit governments. But 
That's the first thing they're going to do to crack down on New York Post has this tequila bar applies to become church to skirt COVID-19 lockdown rules. Yep, we've been seeing a lot of fun with this as well. And the libertarian take on, on biohazards in general is not a single one is ever a legitimate excuse to violate individual rights. And everybody has the right to set the risk level that they want to take for themselves. You can't tell me, like, you own my life, that I can't do what I want with it, that I can't say, you know, it's okay to drive this fast or to do these drugs or to live in this way or to operate this machinery or to shake hands and be within six feet of someone who's not wearing a mask. If I want to do that, I can do that. If I'm not on your property, I'm, yeah, you can set policy on your land, on your, in your home, but you can't come to somebody else's property and do that for them. And, and, and there's a sort of inevitable reality that's coming forth with this. You know, think about, like, the drug war in my case, you know, where I was able to be four felonies in Texas, four drug felonies and a misdemeanor with a religious defense. Well, well, it's my religion. It's my personal expression. It's First Amendment. You needed to give us the First Amendment for your credibility of your authority. Therefore, well, hey, we can use it like this now. And so this is just one really cool story. A tequila bar owner is trying to get around the U.K.'s strict coronavirus restrictions by adding some holy to his spirits and registering as a church. You know, we've thought about it this a number of times. We're going to, the Church of Adam versus the Man or the Church of Freedom, perhaps, uh, would, would be a better branding. But, uh, you know, again, playing with, uh, you know, that theme from our interview with Michael, there's ways around all of this. So APnews.com, or there's just a, there are ways to fight and stand up to every injustice, and none of them should be blindly accepted. Associated Press, APnews.com, despite federal ban, renters still being evicted amid crisis. Now, there are a lot of things that, as a libertarian, I want to sort of tease out and deconstruct in the premises in this, but just as a data point and updating you on the news and the eviction crisis that we've been covering very closely, that, um, you know, the only thing I would modify in, in my general prediction understanding is that they are rolling it out slower than I expected, whereas the forced unemployment crisis at the beginning of Corona was, you know, kind of a clip that we fell off of, the follow-on crises of real estate, uh, of, of evictions, uh, so many other sort of subsidiary crises coming out of this. Excuse me, they, are, they are going to uh, try to slow them down, roll them out slowly. So, excuse me, uh, from Boston, Associated Press, the nationwide eviction ban was supposed to protect tenants like Tawanda Mormon, who was forced out of her two-bedroom apartment last month in Cleveland, the 46-year-old who was hospitalized in August for the coronavirus and can't work due to mental health issues. She said she fell behind on her $500 a month rent because she needed the money to pay for food when she was evicted in October. Mormon said she was unaware of President Donald Trump's directive implemented in September by the CDC and prevention that broadly prevents evictions through the end of 2020. Now, yes, there, there are problems with this in a managed system. You know, do I, when the market can be more compassionate than government, which is kind of inherent in their definitions, I want the government to approximate the market, and I think insurance in a market would prevent a lot of these, the evictions that we're experiencing right now would not be a thing. So if government steps in with a mandate, prevents evictions, are they forcing landlords to accept tenants who might be destroying their property? Yeah, that's not something I would support. But we're talking about primarily large government housing projects where this fight is is playing out. And should government manage housing in the first place? Of course not. But as long as it is, uh, as libertarians, we should all be cheering for 
reductions in the human suffering and injustice of these systems. So the eviction crisis is a huge place where this fight is playing out right now. Axios.com, U.S. public school enrollment drops as pandemic persists. Yes, another silver lining in the crisis. People losing faith in government education, as they should have a long time ago. Public schools across the country are seeing a drop in enrollment numbers as schools have shifted to remote and hybrid learning programs to cope with the COVID-19 pandemic. Some parents are opting to keep their children at home or finding models that provide in-person coursework. And uh, as, as just as I have always been an advocate, not of homeschooling, but unschooling, that is uh, student-guided education empowered by parents and institutions rather than institutions and parents uh, dictating curriculum, allowing a student to guide their own education. I think that's really the ultimate application of libertarian principles to education has to happen on an individual basis and, you know, with the uh, inclination of parents. And so here, just parents being forced to challenge uh, or at least question the the efficacy of the government school system. Don't worry, YouTube will uh, soon prevent you from saying anything that challenges the efficacy of the world education authorities or local education authorities on the effectiveness of government education, especially when the objective is to produce well-educated cogs for the machine. No, you can't question that. But now with this, parents are going not only, well, geez, how the hell are they screwing up COVID policy so bad, but when is my kid getting a better educational experience this way? So, uh, Daily Mail, next headline, ex-Zappos CEO Tony C.A., uh, C-A I, Tony Asian name, I can't pronounce, was pulled from blazing waterfront home by firefighters but succumbed to his burns nine days later after fire that his brother survived. Now, why is this a big story? Tony C.A., uh, I really should need to learn how to pronounce his name, made his $840 million fortune, largely as CEO of Zappos, which he joined in 99, um, sold the company to Amazon for $1.2 billion in 2009. So really interesting story. Firefighters were called to the new London property, 3.30 a.m. November 18th, found a person trapped. They broke down the door, dragged him out, performed CPR at the scene before taking him to the hospital. Well, here there's no that because this is the British Daily Mail. Taking him to hospital. He was then airlifted to a different hospital, suffering smoke inhalation and burns. Uh, just this... Really rich dude dies in a house fire just from a distance. Looks looks kind of suspicious. Um, I I just glancing at the story because it was shared with us. Got to predict. Uh, there, there's more to it. Yeah, pretty safe prediction, right? If anybody wants to show us a a follow up for that story, I'd love to see it. Fun note in boxing. I really need to get into this. I want to watch the video. I haven't had a chance yet. I'm not a big boxing fan, but I'm an appreciator of athletics and sport in general. Mike Tyson, 54, that's age 54, fights Roy Jones Jones Jr., 51, to draw in his return to the boxing ring. So fun story if you're a fan of that. Maybe we're putting on your to-watch list. And then another related headline from Drudge, Jake Paul. This is uh, TMZ.com. Jake Paul knocks Nate Robinson out cold, violent KO. This is uh, Jake Paul just destroyed Nate Robinson, knocking the ex-NBA star out cold with a devastating right cross that sent Nate crashing to the mat. Anyway, we'll have those links in the notes for today's show if you want to get into them more. I'm just excited to see the world of athletics being challenged in uh, in this era of coronaphobia in some very cool ways. 
And, you know, like, you know, no live audiences. Uh, okay, so we have the shoestring thing being explained in the uh, – all right. My shoestring is in 14 inches. This is – okay, this is a real thing. Uh, we'll come back to this. But the, uh, the, the thing about the sports, like MMA, a relatively recent phenomenon. It was sort of like, well, hey, you know how you guys are doing this boxing thing? There's a better way to do it. Boom, here it is. Let's let the market decide if they like this better. And you can have that competition. And even the, uh, I mean, don't worry, I won't give you my whole football versus rugby rant here, but there is a huge perversion of sports around government and authorities to, you know, uh, you know, bread and circuses, not just for that, but also in the spirit of diverting our inclination to uh, tribalism and conflict and war, you know, football, a lot of those team sports are sort of distorted in ways to serve authority as proxies for war. And to see that kind of shaken up under COVID, uh, pretty exciting. So anyway, um, Mr. Status sent us, us this letter. This is from Sterling Nixon, Chief Firearms Technology Branch with the United States Department of Justice Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. Um, let's see. Where's the uh, any part? Where's the shoestring part? Um in 1996, FTB examined and classified a 14-inch long shoestring with a loop at each end. The string was attached to the cocking handle of a semi-auto rifle and was looped around the trigger and attached to the shooter's finger. The device caused the weapon to fire repeatedly until finger pressure was released from the string. Because this item was designed and intended to convert a semi-auto rifle into a machine gun, FTB determined that it was a machine gun as defined in 26 USC. We thank you. So, um, yeah. So a 14-inch shoestring can be converted to uh, it can, can be used to convert an, a semi-auto to an automatic rifle, and apparently the uh, the government doesn't like that. So yeah, all right. So if it's a 14, I, all right. So there's some way that this has been applied to say that you can't have shoestrings, what not 14 inches long because it wouldn't be effective. All right. Maybe we'll come back to this. Maybe we'll get a call from Mr. Status, and we'll, we'll, we'll tease out the rest of the, the humor in that story later this week. Back to the news block. Q13fox.com, that's Fox Seattle. Kyle Rittenhouse on Kenosha shootings. I don't regret it. Yeah, a couple of interesting updates, and we're going to be doing some more on uh, Kyle Rittenhouse as, as we watch his legal battle unfold. Speaking out publicly for the first time, Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old charged in the fatal shootings, of two men during a Kenosha protest said that he was protecting himself and does not regret it. Uh, as he said, he considers himself patriotic. Next story about this from NBC News. Kyle Rittenhouse says he used coronavirus stimulus check to buy AR-15 used in fatal shooting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely we're going to be getting to that more as we see that working its way through the legal system. USnews.com, this is a follow-up story where Americans are moving. And some of the headlines that we've seen recently, despite the overall uh, crises, crisis, crises, everything around real estate, evictions, housing, and whatnot, there are some places where housing is still booming. And Americans apparently are flocking to mostly Western states. So California has seen some uh, median home price records being set recently. But the overall flow of people in response to coronavirus is, is actually kind of beautiful to see as a counter trend to the consolidation of the American population or populations in general into cities and being herded into smaller areas where they can be more controlled. 
in this sense, the technology is rendering that part of the government racket obsolete when you can work from anywhere. From Bloomberg.com, Biden fills economic posts with experts on systemic racism. Oh, good. Well, our economic system won't have systemic racism anymore. Obviously, previous administrations haven't made race scholarship such a clear priority. So one of the fun things that we have to look forward to with the Biden administration of deconstructing, making fun of, and showing the ridiculousness of that even these good ideas used as justification for uh, horrific policies designed to exacerbate economic inequality, uh, we're going we're gonna to be picking apart a lot of that Biden propaganda. Fun stories. Well, actually, we'll skip the next two. I got to come back to this. But yeah, should working from home be taxed? Greeks, Greece offers, offers tax breaks to lure the work from anywhere crowd. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to analyze that. Fun, uh, CJ, do you want to play your good cop, bad cop video? <laughs> Just as I told arresting them and depriving them of their freedom when they are exercising their constitutional rights. So let's let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, actually, it's too bad. Our show. Just got to hit these headlines real quick. From uh, Insider.com, high school newspaper has exposed how state police quoted Adolf Hitler and advocated violence in a training manual. I saw this headline and was like, really? And yeah. Fucking really? Yeah, I gotta say fuck. Like, whoo! They, they are, and you go, oh, are they just referencing Hitler and stuff? No. No, 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 no. Really horrific stuff. That's gonna be in the notes. But I did want to share this as a counterpoint. The good cop here, Burlington Police Department nationally recognized for de-escalation techniques. Witnessing a person holding a weapon while having a mental health crisis is enough to make most people's adrenaline skyrocket, even police. That's where something called de-escalation training comes in. And again, just that there are departments that are doing this means that every other department should at least be held to the standard of, hey, you know, there's this one department of cops, one place in America where they're not raging assholes who act like they're unaccountable for any of the violence they do against civilians in the course of enforcing law. Why can't they all be like that? Yeah. All right. Uh, Yahoo.com also has this headline, hate crimes in U.S. reach highest level in more than a decade. Now, I haven't picked this apart. If people in the producers club want to get into this, we might have to. You know, what qualifies as a hate crime? Do they just change how they're, uh, they're counting this? But it is something that I really do want to understand. So we're going to be coming back to stories like this. All right, skipping ahead one. Judge orders Trump administration to stop expelling children who cross border alone. Yeah, that was a thing. Quote, this policy was sending thousands of young children back to danger without any hearing, said ACLU attorney Lee Gillert, who said it was gratuitous, gratuitously cruel and unlawful, oh, which is a fair description of government as a whole. 
theindependent.co.uk, uh, as this story that we just kind of have to mention at least. Michigan voters sue Trump for allegedly disenfranchising black voters with election interference. Lawsuit alleges the president's campaign is openly seeking to disenfranchise black voters. Now, this fight over the election makes me think of what fight we saw following 2016. Remember, not my president. The Russians gave us Trump. This couldn't legitimately be the outcome of the election. Well, maybe we've reached a new era of just hyper-partisanship polarization and disputing election results, in which case, cool. Maybe we'll, maybe we can thank Trump for accelerating this process of just discrediting the fundamental idea of uh, democracy as we know it, not the very, uh, the, the root definition of the word of rule by the people. I think the best way to have democracy is a market-based system rather than a government-based system that is one that's voluntary, that respects every individual will rather than forcing any particular will on people. If we can get to that, we'll see uh, a whole other kind of democracy. But in terms of democracy as we know it, it's, well, if the majority says it's good, then now it can, well, government can use that as the excuse to force the will of the majority on the minority. Yeah, think about it. Just by definition, democracies are <laughs> bad for minorities. So getting past that system is it, it, critical to human progress and might be something that we see accelerating right now. And so I'm, I'm kind of like sitting back going, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Republicans and Democrats, keep fighting amongst yourselves. From Fox9.com, a proposed divorce agreement between Chauvin and wife rejected for possible fraud. Yeah, this is going back to George Floyd's killer from the Minneapolis police. And uh, the, the, this is something that I think Mr. Status pointed out in our chat, very clever insight, that the uh, district judge rejected the proposed divorce agreement because it looks like a paper divorce where they're not actually divorcing. It's a possible fraud because they're basically giving – Substantially, substantially all of one's assets to another in an uncontested marriage dissolution uh, is a badge of fraud, and the judge uh, rejected the proposal. So interesting fallout still happening there with George Floyd in Minneapolis. Wow, how many headlines do I have left to get to here? Holy crap. Um, Israel rising is this headline. Thanks to Trump, the Great Reset is already here. Definitely the Great Reset, something we're going to be coming back to as, uh, as a theme. Um, let's see. How many of these can we get to? Uh, the nationalmemo.com feud erupts over Carlson's challenge to Looney Trump conspiracy lawyer. Uh, I don't know how much I care about all of these. Um, we have a new libertarian. There's, there's, you know, there. I, I think we're just gonna, we we have a really big block of headlines here. One more. I, I'm going to get to skipping ahead if you don't mind, CJ, all the way to the end. A tweet from Thomas Massey: Which immunity is superior? Vaccines shown to be 70 to 90 percent effective at seven to 14 days, based on a few hundred cases of COVID-19, or Natural immunity is shown to be 99.999% effective in eight months based on a few million cases. And this is definitely something we're going to be coming back to, very important in understanding COVID and where we go now with vaccines and the second wave and all the other shutdowns and lockdowns. But as I pointed out before, this is this is like, ah, it's not really an I told you so moment, but just kind of, you know, getting back to this, uh, that if if herd immunity is the answer, it might be because it's in your individual interest to be exposed to the virus in a very low dose in a controlled environment and get natural immunity because it's better than getting the vaccine. Not only is it hypothetically, like according to these numbers from Thomas Massey, he's not citing sources here, so I don't want to say like I'm just passing these on. Um, 
but uh, he, he says to be to be sure. I'm not suggesting this is this is nasty swallow. I'm not suggesting anyone should go out and try to contract COVID. But I can't imagine a reason someone under 30 who has already fully recovered from the virus would take the vaccine without at least another year's worth of data. And that's a great point of just general caution. And uh, one of the things I saw about the uh, the vaccine distribution. They're going to be testing this vaccine on federal employees first. Okay. <laughs> I say don't be the first to take any new kind of experimental vac- uh, medication, period. Uh, if, if, if there's anything new that comes out, of a pharmaceutical, vaccine, even a new plant. I mean, even Kratom. I didn't jump into Kratom when it first got you know widely popular in the United States. It was like, hey. Maybe when we see it exposed to a bigger group, we're going to see some other long-term, who knows, consequences that we don't have in the current data. Well, they want you to take a vaccine because they've got trials that show it's safe. No, they're not. One of the articles I shared, I don't know if we'll get get to this, but it is important to note that one of the reasons, one of the things they're concerned about with the new vaccines is that the side effects, it's a two-shot, one of them, one of the vaccines they're talking about is a two-shot sequence. And the side effects from the first one are so bad that people might not come back for the second. As I share this on Twitter. Again, please check me out on Twitter, twitter.com slash Adam Kokesh. Uh, the cure looks like it's worse than the disease just with the side effects from this vaccine. So we got a lot of stuff to get into, really getting back engaged with the news. I hope that was a fun news block. I've got that was that was about half. Huh. That, was, that was about half of our headline. I still got a ton that I that we are gonna get to this week. But, uh, yeah, we'll do another big headlines block uh, tomorrow. And uh, for tomorrow's show, we should be coming to you from home, from the Garden of Freedom, from the uh, Freedom Factory Studios. Really exciting. Uh, Really excited to be getting back. And it looks like uh, I've got a couple interviews tomorrow, but we don't have any. We don't have a guest tomorrow. So we should. Oh, well, we will get to our news block. With that, let's check in with comment Jim Freedom to wrap up today's show. Jim, how you doing? We have any more contest entries? What's going on? Uh, no, no more contest entries. Um, just a couple of comments here. Don't okay, hold on, Jim. Jim, Jim. Okay, back, Jim, in Jim, up, back it up. Jim, before you get to the other comments then, I, I want to give away a Producers Club membership today. We have we have one entry and it was talking well, well I, I don't remember who that was early in the show someone said they they did all the civil disobedience. Uh, let me go back here because I think it was, we only had guesses from people that are already in. So okay, oh well, that's right. Well then maybe our producers club just dominated the contest and kept it as an exclusive thing today. But hey, last chance you got like two minutes while Jim rants and we do the promos to sneak in a contest entry today. Of what you did for civil disobedience over Thanksgiving or, or the most important story of the last two weeks and why. All right, Jim, what else you got for us? Okay, uh, don't be a status. That's what I was reading a minute ago. He says natural immunity is the only way you can protect yourself from the next relative of the Modella virus. So obviously it's, it's good in general just to have uh, – where did he go? Okay. Um, Craig Darty says Mike Tyson said he smoked a joint before the fight, so he clearly won. Uh, I like that one. I, that's going to be interesting. Uh, 
watching that fight. CJ, did you get the uh, the video I told you to play of the Ali Dodges 21 punches? That's a good one that should have got played with the – that should get edited into that clip. <laughs> uh, we were talking – Adam is back. Mike Tyson had said he smoked a joint before the fight. Clearly he won. Uh, that's all we got. Yeah, there he is. This is my favorite video boxing ever. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> little dance at the end. That's the best. Okay. Um, that's it. The only thing else I can say is the only thing I found in here was RHCTJ. I can't remember if they're in the producers club or not, but they were the one that said they only cooked their turkey at 150 degrees. So yeah, they're a rebel. That you don't remember Mr. Baxley? Oh, is that? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't. I didn't remember that that was his YouTube for some reason. Mm-hmm. Well, That's Mr. Baxley again. So there we All go. All right. So hey guys, stick with me for two minutes. We'll do the promos before we wrap this up. Remember, you want to support the show. You want to support this message. AdamVersusTheMan.com. Click on Patreon. Join the producers club. You can buy your way in ten dollars a month or more. It's a lot of fun. I have fun. Jim has fun. CJ has fun. Mercedes and Marcus, have fun. We're all in there. It's a great conversation. It's how we do the prep for the show. Please check it out. Join us. Support it. $10 a month. And if you're at AdamVersusTheMan.com, you can also check out our store, merchandise, buy it online. It's all amazing stuff that CJ's put together. And remember, Producers Club members get 15% off and free shipping there at AdamVersusTheMan.com. You can also go to CigarFederation.com, where promo code ADAM10, ADAM10, all caps, Gets you 10% off your order. And we should be doing it again. Cigars and Sunsets this Friday from Gardenia. So, I don't know, mark your calendars or make sure you're getting my alerts from social media, which doesn't really happen. And then make them debate.com. Check out our profile there. All right. I guess, guys, Chrome's messing with me again. Screen froze after like a minute that time. But, uh, Jim, CJ, any last thoughts? Any other, any last minute contest entries? Yeah, I put one on the screen there. I, I guess you said your screen froze. There's a Ben Johnson saying he had a big family gathering, and um, that's against CDC guidelines. So there's a non-producers club member, I believe, that All right. expressed some civil disobedience. So email me, jim at thefreedomline.com, and I'll get you hooked up, Ben. Congratulations. Thank you for participating. Beautiful. All right. Well, then, just to wrap things up very, very quickly, one piece of good news from this day in history at goodnewsnetwork.org. 65 years ago today, the seamstress Rosa Parks refused to obey an order from a bus driver to give up her seat to a white man and was arrested for violating Montgomery, Alabama's racial segregation laws. Although Parks was not the first person to stand up in order to stay seated on a bus, her act of defiance sparked a year-long city bus boycott that galvanized the civil rights movement. And Rosa Parks, for that simple, iconic, and easy-to-understand act of civil disobedience, has become an icon of civil disobedience and a part of American history that we should all be proud of and strive to emulate. I think a fitting way to end today's show talking about civil disobedience in the age of corona, when we find that most Americans are civil disobedient activists in one way or another, and are, if only by circumstance and incentives, 
sort of forced to follow in the footsteps of Rosa Parks. And with that, thank you so much for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow. we got another good news blog and a lot of good shows lined up for this month of December. Thank you so much again for making the show possible. Peace and love, y'all. Choose happiness and be excellent to each other. Thank <laughs> you.